Super Bowl 56 is just days away. So how did the Los Angeles Rams get here? I'll tell you next. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on Rams your first listen every single day. My name is Travis Rogers. I am your host. I also host the pregame show and halftime show for the Los Angeles Rams here on their flagship station, 710 ESPN in Los Angeles. I will be at Super Bowl 56 coming up here in just a few days, and I cannot wait to go and see the game. And then, of course, tell everything, tell you everything that you need to know about that in the days immediately following and, of course, the days leading up to it. You can follow me on Twitter at Travis Rogers. Don't forget to subscribe, review, and rate Locked on Rams and check out our YouTube channel as well. Locked on Rams. Okay, so let's get right to it. How did the Rams find themselves in this position? How did they get here? Today's show is brought to you by Get Upside. How did they do it? How did they go from the team that they were last year to a team that is four quarters away from calling themselves Super Bowl champions for the first time in Los Angeles history? Keep in mind, I think that's a big deal, by the way, that the Rams have won a Super Bowl is great. That it happened in St. Louis doesn't mean anything to anybody here, right? That whatever history they had in St. Louis, not much of it has come here as far as resonating with the fans. We know who Marshall Falk is. We know who Kurt Warner and Isaac Brute and Torrey Holt. Great players, but they're not LA. They're not LA's players, right? These were the St. Louis Rams players. Same way that Deacon Jones and Merlin Olson and that group got Eric Dickerson were Los Angeles Rams. Those were St. Louis Rams. So an opportunity to develop the L.A. Ram brand here in town for sure. So how did they do it? I think the best way to put it is the Rams were incredibly bold when they had a decision to make. They didn't do half measures. They didn't try to nibble around the edges. They didn't think, what if we do a small thing here and a small thing there? Because keep in mind, the Rams were a good team last year, right? Maybe they weren't a Super Bowl caliber team, but this is a team that went on the road and won a wild card playoff game against a pretty good Seattle team and then went into Green Bay while their best player, Aaron Donald, was hobbled with an injury and they made it competitive. Now, were they ever going to win that game? Probably not, but they were in it. Second round of the playoffs, one of the last eight teams standing pretty darn good. The Rams said, no, 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 no. It's not pretty darn good. It's not nearly good enough. And where we have to get better is at the quarterback position. Well, you know it as well as I do. Finding quarterbacks is virtually impossible. The only way you can do it is to be very, very bad and draft very, very high in the first round so you can find a Peyton Manning or a Cam Newton or something like that, a Joe Burrow, for instance, that's the number one pick in the draft and have them come in and turn around your franchise. That's not what the Rams are going to be able to do. They're not bad enough to pick there. They don't have any assets to trade up into that position because that's what they did with Jared Goff. And unfortunately, Jared Goff was not one of those guys that I just mentioned. So what do you do? You get bold. You double down. And that's exactly what they did. They said, we're not good enough at the most important position on the field. Let's go get a guy that can get us to where we need to go. Who's available? Matthew Stafford's available. It was a perfect timing of events where he was looking to move on. At the same time, the Rams were looking to upgrade. They found the trading partner, and it was expensive right? Two first round draft picks is a lot of draft capital, especially when you haven't had a draft, a, a first round draft pick since Jared Goff. You sent out another one to go get Jalen Ramsey, that they use their first round draft picks to acquire proven NFL talent. 
But this was something entirely different because this was quarterback first-round talent, and it worked. The Rams would not be in Super Bowl 56 if Matthew Stafford were not on this team. They would not have won that game in Tampa Bay. They would not have won that game in the NFC Championship game against the San Francisco 49ers if he were not the quarterback. More specifically, if Jared Goff were the quarterback, there's not a chance in the you-know-what. It's just not happening. They decided they needed to get better at that one spot, and the one spot that they identified as their weak link turned out to be the one spot that they needed most when they went into those games. An extraordinary bet that is on the verge of paying off extraordinarily. Now you also have some other unbelievable assets on the offensive side of the ball. Cooper Cup, once they drafted him, was not just a good wide receiver. He was a very good wide receiver who developed into something better than that. Well, this season, he's taken it to a whole nother level. Maybe it, it, it goes hand in glove together with the acquisition of the quarterback. Maybe the, the quarterback getting that much better means that the wide receiver was able to get that much better because the quarterback's able to help him do that. But Cooper Cup has gone to a level we really have not seen very many guys go to, right? The triple crown in the NFL catches, touchdowns, yardage. It doesn't happen very often. He just got it done. He's in that rare space where athletes are able to be at their very best when everyone knows that they're going to try to be the guy and they still can't stop it. When you know, whether it's Cooper Cup or anybody else, that the ball's going to that guy. The ball is going to him. It's third and cup, as we say here in Los Angeles, and he's still open every time and he still gets the catch and he still breaks the tackle and he still finds a way to the soft spot in the area to, to catch that ball. That is an extraordinary player. They have him at the right time in his career with the right quarterback in his career. I'll tell you another name, the, the reason that the Rams are here all over again. Sony Michelle. Last year in the playoffs, Cam Akers was their guy, and he should have been. He was great. He had, a, he had a fantastic second half of the season. He was an incredibly bruising, punishing running back. He gets hurt right before camp starts, and he goes down. Now what? The Rams look around. They see Daryl Henderson. Well, we know Daryl Henderson's history, unfortunately. It has a lot of injuries and a lot of missed times. He's a good player, but he's not available nearly as often as he's going to need to be. They needed to go out and get another body in that spot and they did in Sony Michelle and he came in got off to a slow start let's be honest about it right it's not like he just showed up and all of a sudden he looked like the guy that he looked like for the last two months of the season no it took him a time to understand the terminology to understand Sean McVay's offense to get comfortable with the blocking assignments to do all of the things that Sean McVay asks his running backs to do but he did it and he was very good at it by the time we got to the end of the line when the Rams were really struggling the way they were through the passing game in the month of November. And they went into December. What did they start to do? They started to run the ball more. Who was there? It was Sony Michelle. You don't make that acquisition, you're not here where you are right now, again, on the verge of calling yourself world champion for the very first time. Another big move that the Rams made on the offensive side of the ball, Odell Beckham Jr., Robert Woods. Now, remember the, the order of events here, right? They went out and acquired Odell Beckham Jr. before Robert Woods had gotten hurt. So he was a luxury. He was somebody that was going to kind of fill into that Deshaun Jackson route, right? The guy that's just going to kind of run up the field and maybe you can hit a home run here or there with him. But this is a team that has Cooper Cup, it has Robert Woods, and it has Van Jefferson that has evolved into that third wide receiver. So where does Odell Beckham fit in? He They decide to do it anyway. Well, it, it wasn't what they envisioned because Robert Woods goes down with the injury. He misses the rest of the year. So now you don't need him as a luxury. Now you need him to perform at a high level, and he did. And what was the rap on him? He wasn't the player that he was in New York. He was, uh, he was trouble. He was somebody that was disruptive. He was somebody that wasn't a team player. None of these things have been true. None of them. He's been fantastic. Not only has he been a model teammate, not only has he done exactly what the Rams have asked him to do, 
He's become a major weapon in what they do. He's just not filling a role. He's exceeding in a role. It was another very bold move that the Rams did. Odell becomes available. Anybody in the league really could have gone and gotten him if they wanted to. The Rams were the ones that were able to go get it done, and it's paid huge dividends for them to this point in the season. And again, you're just one game away from calling yourself world champion for the first time in franchise history. All of those things had to work at exactly the right time at exactly the right way to get us to where we are right now. So that's the offensive side of the ball. Be bold. So what happened on the defensive side of the ball? We will get into that coming up in just a little bit. But bet online, right? They've got you covered this season with more props, more odds, and more lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game coming up here in just a couple of days. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, and it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. So don't take advantage, or should say don't wait to take advantage, of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online where the game starts. You're in L.A., probably, maybe, driving around. Even if you're not in L.A., you drive a car, you put gas in that car, and you know it is expensive. So listen up, Rams fans. I'm here to tell you about an incredible app that everybody who buys gas needs to know about. You, me, and everybody. We all buy gas, right? Listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. You just got to download the free GetUpside app in the App Store, Google Play, whichever one, whichever platform you're on, and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 25% or excuse, excuse me, 25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up cash back. So you don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get that cash back using the Get Upside app. Just download the app for free. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN, 25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. And if you drive a lot, like a lot of us here in Southern California do, you can make as much as two or 300 bucks a year in cash back. No catch, cash back right back in your account. You can cash out anytime you want. Bank account, PayPal, gift cards, Amazon, however you want to do it. Just download the free Get Upside app. Use that promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. Don't forget the promo code touchdown okay it's super week it is finally here finally it feels like training camp was just here a minute ago then the season's super long but it is super week and it's brought to you by get upside there's no better place to get coverage of the big game than the locked on nfl podcast locked on Bengals, and right here locked on rams we're all here in la all week covering the big game okay so let's get right to it the defensive side of the ball how did we get here well this is a name that I can't imagine is going to come up first very often when we're talking about why the Rams have been as successful as they have this particular season. I want to talk about Greg Gaines for a second. Aaron Donald is going to walk straight into the Hall of Fame, right? This is one of these, I'm guaranteed, the room, never been in the room, but I'm assuming it's probably something like this. Um, we don't need to vote on Aaron Donald, right? Everybody's a yep, and everybody goes, yeah, okay, next guy. Like, we don't, we're not even talking about this. The guys that they talk about are the guys that we're not quite sure. Aaron Donald's going straight into the Hall of Fame. Jalen Ramsey might join him there one day as well with him playing the way that he has. Vaughn Miller is already a Super Bowl MVP. We know that. Leonard Floyd has been very, very good for them this year and done a lot of good things. But Greg Gaines is a name you don't hear very often. Greg Gaines wasn't even supposed to be the guy that was starting on this team. We're talking about Greg Gaines right in the middle of that defensive line. And what he does is take up a lot of space and create a lot of problems. And that's wonderful. But that's not the most important thing that he does. 
What he does is he allows Aaron Donald to be Aaron Donald. You can put Gaines in the middle so I can swing Aaron Donald out to the outside. I can put him on either side of the end, and I can create mismatches and overloads to either side of the line of scrimmage because I don't need to worry about Aaron Donald controlling the middle of the field because Greg Gaines can do it. He was a guy that got put into the starting lineup because Sebastian Joseph Day got hurt, right? Seabass was a guy that was ascending. He was becoming a very, very good NFL player. He gets hurt with that chest injury, and the next thing you know, it's, okay, I guess, I guess it's got to be Greg Gaines. Not only did he come in and, and survive, he's thrived. He's a player that is an integral part of this defense, and this is what you need. Look, you're going to need great players, right? Every coach will tell you this. I can't take a bunch of guys that are C-minus players and turn them into A-pluses. But if I have a couple of A's and the Rams have a couple of A-pluses along the way, and you give me a couple of other guys that are maybe somewhere below that, and I can get them to play at a slightly higher level, and I can get some added value from those guys, what do we have now? Now, all of a sudden, you have championship-caliber teams. It's the utility guy in the infield, right? It's the fourth outfielder. It's the relief pitcher in baseball that isn't pitching the ninth inning. He's not pitching the first five, but maybe he's going to pitch the sixth and seventh inning three times in a, in a five-game series and just set you up for success over and over and over again. That's Greg Gaines here. He has been invaluable to what they do because it frees up Aaron Donald to do what he does. If he wasn't able to do that, and you got to put Donald back over the middle of the line, and then they still do it occasionally, but you had to do it all the time when you weren't as versatile with Donald as you could be because Gaines has been so good. I don't know where it is. Okay, so that's number one. Number two on the defensive side of the ball, Eric Weddle. I know, I know, I don't, I don't get it either, but this is a huge part of it. The second half of the Rams defense, right? The linebackers, which they don't really employ. We talk about Trey Reader and Nurse Jones, those guys. This guy's been a little bit up and down uh, along the year, if we're being perfectly honest about it. But you have that amazing front, and then you have the secondary that has Jalen Ramsey in it, who's an all-pro. You have Darius Williams on the other side, who seems to be the guy that they've been going at a little bit. But you've got guys like Long. You've got guys like Nick Scott. You've got Taylor Raps. You've got Burgesses. You've got Fullers. And we've seen guys coming in and out of the, of the lineup there because of injuries, because of poor play, Rochelle and Dayon, and all of these guys, right? Nobody has really established themselves back there as the guy that you can kind of lean on outside of Jalen Ramsey in the second half of the defense. Well, in comes the guy off of his couch, Eric Weddle. Eric Weddle is a very good NFL player, had been in the league a very, very long time, but he hadn't been around. He'd been out of the league for two years. And it's not like in camp. You said, you know what? We might be a little thin at safety. Um, why don't we call Weddle and see if he wants to make one last run at this, see if he's in decent shape. If he comes in and he can do it, then, okay, we'll see what we can get out of him and go from there. And if he's not, we cut him. What's the harm? No harm, no foul, right? It's not what this was. This was, hey, the playoffs start in about five minutes. Can you come and start for us? Can you come and play meaningful snaps, snaps against other high-level NFL teams, the Cardinals, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the San Francisco 49ers? And by the way, not just stand back there and know which way you're supposed to go, but actually be able to get over there and do those things? Can you do that for us? And he has. It's it's. This is going to be one of those things that you're going to look back and you're going to think about this team. If they do, in fact, win the Super Bowl here in a few days. And you're going to say, wait, Eric Weddle was on that team? I don't remember Eric Weddle being on that team. You know why you don't remember? Because he wasn't up until the very end when he decided to come back in because they had no choice. Taylor Rapp is down. Uh, Fuller gets hurt. Now what? Now what do we do? Well, let's call the old friend, see if he's able to do it. It's been an extraordinary uh contribution of not just effort but skill on his behalf and a lot like Greg Gaines what he does he allows Jalen Ramsey to be Jalen Ramsey 
just a, a, a miraculous, a miraculous month of football from a guy that had not played football in a couple of years along the way. And then lastly, I mentioned his name a minute ago. Let's talk about Leonard Floyd, Von Miller, pro bowler, hall of famer, Aaron Donald, pro bowler, hall of famer, Leonard Floyd's back there as much as almost anybody. Now, maybe it's because so, so much attention has been paid to other guys, but we've seen it. We've seen Dante Fowler in that role. We saw Michael Brockers in that role. We've seen uh, Indomitian Sue in different positions to be sure. But guys that because the attention is being devoted to dealing with 99, as it should be, now who has an opportunity to get singled up? Who has an opportunity to be a game breaker? Well, look at Leonard Floyd. He's been unbelievable all season long. And this is what the Rams have done so well. They just understand, put guys in the right positions, let this thing play out. Von Miller said this when he came over from the Broncos after he'd been here for a couple of weeks, how the Rams just, they don't panic. That when he was in Denver, when things didn't work, okay, well, we tried plan A, let's go to plan B. Rams just like, okay, we, we're, no, we're a plan A team. Plan A is going to work. Might not have worked tonight, but it's going to work. We're going to tighten up a little bit here, a little bit there. We're going to make sure that we fix this, but we're not going to go to plan B and C and Q and F and triple G and all these other things. We're going to do what we do because it works. We believe in it works. We've seen that it works. Let's just keep pushing through this thing and get it done. And that's what they've done. And guys like Leonard Floyd and guys like Greg Gaines and guys like Eric Weddle have allowed them to be extraordinary in moments where other teams are chasing it, where other teams are try constantly trying to cover mistakes that have been made and reinvent themselves on the fly. The Rams have no panic. They went the entire month of November and didn't win a game. And they went into December like, we're fine. And I'll, look, I'll be honest. I was thinking, well, are you? Are you sure? A lot of pick sixes going on right here, which we'll get to in a minute. But are you sure we're okay? And they believed that they were, and they have been, and now they got a chance to go and win the Super Bowl here coming up in just a handful of days. So an incredible job on the defensive side of the ball. Raheem Morris comes in, first-year defensive coordinator, replacing uh, Brandon Staley along the way. He's done a good job. He's put himself right back in the mix for head coaching opportunities, I'm sure. Being part of the Sean McVay tree certainly can't hurt. He's been a head coach in this league before, so he's got experience. All of these things on that side of the ball have led to where we are right now on the verge of a Super Bowl. All right, so the last part of it, the biggest games of the season. How did the Rams, when did when did you know, when did I know that this team was on to something special? I think there are four games this season that really stand out above all the others. That's coming up in just a little bit, but not before. Rock Auto, right? Um, I don't know if you've looked around. There are about 10,000 different people making 10,000 different models of cars. So it's impossible for any of the brick and mortar retailers, the auto parts places to have everything you need. So why mess around at all? Go to rockauto.com and just find the exact part that you need for an unbelievable savings of time and money, right? When you use Rock Auto, you are going to save sometimes 30, 50, even 100% when it comes from the same parts from a chain store or a dealership or anything like that. For example, a Honda Odyssey, a fuel pump, 353 from a chain store, 216 from Rock Auto. That's what I'm talking about. They have everything you could need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet. They've got you covered. Go explore an incredibly used an uh, incredibly easy to use website and find the solution that you need, right? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you there. Don't forget that part locked on amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. Okay. So February 13th, Super Bowl coming up in six days. You know the Super Bowl 56 right here in L.A., but now it's clear that you have to be there to support the home team. 
fill up SoFi, blue, yellow, and that unbelievable new white that they have, right? Sure, you know, you know how you can do it. You can scour resellers to try to buy an overpriced ticket closer to the day. But why wait? Why put all this stress? Why not just get it done right now? You can lock in that Super Bowl experience of a lifetime right now with our friends at On Location. True 50-yard line seats, only available with On Location. An invite to celebrate on the field with the champs. How does that sound? On Location. And it's not just about game day. It's about exclusive Super Bowl weekend events across the city, all across Los Angeles. Pre-game parties featuring A-list music talent and so much more. Simply don't have time to lay all of it out. The official hospitality partner of the NFL is offering you the most exclusive ticket packages available, period. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56. That's onlocationexp.com slash 56, or just, or just search Super Bowl on location. That's Super Bowl on location to get yourself to L.A. the right way. Thanks again for making Locked on Rams your first listen every single day. My name is Travis Rogers. I host the Rams pregame, halftime, and postgame show, and we'll be doing so from SoFi Stadium coming up on their flagship station, 710 ESPN. So thanks for making Locked on Rams a regular part of your rotation, your first listen every single day. Okay, so the third part of this, how did we get here? How did the Rams find themselves in the Super Bowl uh, in just a few days? I want to talk about their ability to finish and, and where we started from and where we've gotten to right now. The third game of the season for the Rams was at SoFi Stadium against the defending champ, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, right? They're coming in. They're the team that had just run over Kansas City in the Super Bowl the year before. It's Tom Brady. It's Bruce Arians. You got, you've got the whole group of guys there, all of the stars. Mike Evans, everybody, right? The great, great team that Tampa is. Rams knocked him around. And it was still very early in the season. It's September. And maybe it's one of those, okay, it's, you know, some Tom Brady had got a little bit of a slow start last year. And the Rams have the new quarterback. And it's at home. And they had the momentum. And this, that, and the other thing. The Rams knocked them around. It wasn't just that the Rams won the game. You, you, you watch that game. And it felt like, you know what? One of these teams does look like a defending Super Bowl champion, and it's not Tampa Bay. The Rams just looked sharp, and they looked different, and they looked incredibly explosive and dynamic because of the quarterback change. But very early on in the season, you were able to see that and feel like, okay, this is something a little bit different. That quarterback is something very, very different. Let's see what happens next. Well, what happened next was a bunch of games against bad teams. You had Detroit, you had the Giants, you had the Houston Texans. So there weren't a ton of opportunities in those spots to really say, ooh, Ooh, okay, this looks like it's getting better. This looks like it's really working. You're playing against the lower half of the NFL, and nothing really popped. And then the schedule changes a little bit. And this is what Tennessee comes in. I think it was a Sunday night game, nationally televised. Tennessee smokes them. Pick six from Matthew Stafford. A couple of really bad throws. And just one of those, well, that didn't look good at all. That was the first time all season long. I said, wait, they're capable of that? And then time goes by, and you start thinking to yourself, eh, you know, it's the NFL teams. Yeah, teams have bad nights, whatever. Tennessee's a pretty good team. Eh, I wouldn't think too much about it, which brings us to the next big game. The San Francisco game up in San Francisco, Monday Night Football, and the Rams got stomped 31 to 10. Wasn't that close. Another pick six, another multiple interception day for Matthew Stafford. And the Niners did to the Rams what they've done to the Rams seemingly since Sean McVay has been the head coach of the team. They just pushed them around. 
They just ran them over. They just had long sustained drives and the Rams had absolutely no answer for them. And the longer the game went, the more lopsided it went because the Rams come in three and out, Niners get it right back. There's a 10 play drive. There's a 12 play drive. They had a 19 play, or excuse me, a 91 yard, 14 play drive that took almost an entire quarter. And you think this is, this is a carbon copy of everything else we've seen. And at that moment, you're thinking, uh-oh, this may be this all over again. This looks like the Jared Goff Rams. This looks like the Rams from a couple of years ago. When they get manhandled like that, they don't have an answer for this. What are they going to do? Okay, that was, a, that was another one of those moments, like the kind of one of those fence posts along the way that you remember. Fast forward to the very last game of the season. Now they got back on track like we've talked about. Bad month in November. They come back in December and look a lot better. The Monday Night Football game against Arizona, which we'll talk about uh, right now. They're missing all their guys. Five guys right before the start of the game, literally hours before the start of the game, you find out they're in the COVID protocol, and the Rams were reeling. Arizona was playing really good ball, and you're thinking this thing's going to go a certain way, and now all of a sudden the Rams were going to go to the playoffs because they'd stacked up a bunch of wins against bad teams, but you're thinking, all right, they're going to get in, but what are they going to do? I don't know. And instead, they went into Arizona, and they smoked them. They smoked them, and you start to feel very good about this team again. Fast forward to the very last game of the season. Uh, San Francisco for the second time. We know what happened. Not going to go through all the minutia of it again. Rams got off to a big lead, but it was different. They were able to move the ball. They were able to stop the running game for the majority of that game in the first half. Now they had a couple of hiccups. They had a couple of toe stubs along the way. Thought Sean McVay handled the end of the first half poorly. I thought that they handled the end of overtime in a way that they would probably do different again. They'd probably be a little more aggressive offensively. And then Matthew Stafford threw a bad ball in overtime, and you end up losing the game, dropping from the second seed all the way down to the four. And now you're thinking you got to go to Lambeau Field. Everything that happened after that, and it was a rotten feeling. It really did not feel like something that was the beginning of really good things to come. It didn't. But the Rams are a little bit different. They, they, they That was one of those, okay, we're going to feel bad for a day. And then we're going to get right back to work. And they beat up Arizona in the playoffs. And then they go and they look really good for most of the game against Tampa. I know that it got ugly there towards the end, but they find a way to win it. And then who's there waiting for in the NFC Championship game all over again? The San Francisco 49ers again. The two, two of the four or five most important games of the first part of your season have been against the same team. And now you get them a third time. And you get it and you got to deal with all the nonsense about your fans not being in the building, et cetera, et cetera. And what do they do? They fall behind by 10 points in the second half, which is usually a wrap for the Rams. They've not been a good come from behind team under Sean McVay. Now they don't lose very many games because they're very rarely behind, but they have not been a good come from behind team. What do they do? They turned to that thing at the very beginning of this podcast we talked about. They got bold. They started to push it. They had that quarterback that could make plays happen when he had to make plays happen. And they find a way to win that game. They score three times in the fourth quarter. They win the game, and they're in the Super Bowl 56. That's how they got there, by being bold, by not panicking. And when they finally had an opportunity to finish the 49ers for real, they were able to do it. And that's what championship teams look like. It's not unlike what's going on in Cincinnati right now. Maybe it's not exactly, but how many different times it's beginning of the season? Hey, Cincinnati looks pretty good, right? In the middle of the season. Ah, no, they're the Bengals all over again. And then at the end, well, no, no, they might be okay. And then the wild roller coaster ride through the playoffs. Sound familiar? That's how you get to a championship team. It's never a straight line. It's very rarely all positive news. You're going to have some ups, some downs, some, I don't know if this team is any good. The Rams have been just like that all over the place as well. And now they get a chance to put the ultimate ending on it, a Super Bowl championship, SoFi Stadium on Sunday. So 
cross your fingers and toes and everything else, Rams fans, that it does go that way, in fact. All right, coming up tomorrow, don't forget that on Thursday, we're going to have our crossover episode with Locked on Bengals, like we do the last crossover episode of the uh, the season until we get into probably some preseason next year. So your last one of those. Plus, we'll start to break down all of the matchups tomorrow, offensively, defensively, special teams, some areas of concern, some areas of advantage for the Rams. We got all of that coming up for you on Wednesday's Locked on Rams. Thanks for making Locked on Rams your first listen. Don't forget to make your second listen, Locked on Bets. It's hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis by Lee Sterling. Until then, Super Bowl 56, just a handful of days away, and it is whose house? It's Locked on Rams' house.